0: Welcome to the Baptist Broadcast, where we do biblical, intellectual, uncompromising, theoretical, practical theology for God lovers. If that doesn't sound like an earful, then you are crazy. I'm your host, Joshua Summer, and I am glad to be back in the studio slash office slash library today. I had uh, morning hours this morning at the church office, so I was there this morning, and uh, I've, I've kind of... I've been working at home since we had our third child. Uh, we we do not live in the situation where we have uh, parents living close by. Uh, my wife's family, for example, is is from Southern California, and they're they're still there and uh, hours away, hours away, twenty four hours, I think, exactly if you took it by car. And then my family, uh, the closest uh, family members that I have is my father and, and and stepmother and sister, and they're they're about they're almost three hours away. So. Uh, yeah, we 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 don't have that situation where we can have in laws just constantly at the house. So what I did was uh, my my congregation was very gracious to me in this too. I uh, I went ahead and worked from home, and I had a home office set up here. It's it's one of my favorite places to be in the house, and it doubles as uh, this podcast studio. So uh, that's where I am. Uh, it's a beautiful day. It's like seventy degrees outside. It's windy. Uh, The boys are taking a nap. Wife is grabbing some groceries out there, being a good lioness, gathering some food for the family. And um, she would just roll her eyes right now if she heard me say that. Um, Anyway, I want to talk today about self-existence, the doctrine of God's self-existence, and try to answer a question that I think a lot of people have or run into when they get into the doctrine of self-existence. And and a lot of the times this question arises because of skeptics. Skeptics like to they like to play the hypothetical mind game. And one of the games that you can play in the hypothetical realm is to basically ask the question: well, could there be more than one self-existent God? You you say, well, you know, your God is self-existent, you can prove this through nature, but what about your theistic argument says? that that has to be the only God that is self-existent, right? Maybe there is another God who is self-existent or another thing who is self-existent. Uh, this this question or answering this question really requires, I think, a, a kind of basic or working knowledge of the doctrine of divine simplicity and all of the metaphysics that go into that. Um, but, but, one of the ways i've i've tried to answer this question in the past and even recently with respect to a a richard carrier article claiming to debunk uh edward phaser's five proofs for god for god's existence uh you know one of the things that he says is is well you know time space is a basically a self-existent thing it is um uh, the unactualized actualizer time space you know we don't need a we don't need a god we don't need an intellect an eternal intellect that's transcendent of all things because we have time space and time space essentially fits that definition it's self existent it's it's it it's unactualized and it actualizes everything else that finds itself within its context right and so the question is is well is something like time space capable of being Consistently called something that is self-existent or something that is necessary, even, and the answer has to be absolutely not. And of course, a cognate question to that is: is well, can can maybe God in time, space, are are, are are co-mutually self-existent? Right? They're both self-existent. Now, let me let me walk everyone first through one of the claims of divine simplicity. The claim, the, the 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 baseline claim of divine simplicity. Divine simplicity basically stated is that God is not composed. God is not composed of anything. We're not just talking about body parts, uh, physical body parts. We're al- we're also talking about properties, attributes. Um, and when we're talking about the Trinity, it is an assumption or a presupposition that God is not composed of the persons, rather that the one single essence uh, of the divine being fully subsists in each divine person. Um, so when we're talking about when we're talking about divine simplicity, what we're saying is that God is not composed. He is non-composed all right of anything of any kind of part. you think about the different kinds of emotions uh, creatures can have. God didn't even have those kinds of real distinctions in his essence, all right. Uh, he is absolutely simple. That's the claim of divine simplicity, if I could just boil it down into its most simplest form. Uh, and uh, when we're talking about existence, or when we're talking about being, and uh, let's take two instantiations of being, two things, all right? And let's say they're both self-existent. Let's say that's the claim. And 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 let's say both those things, let's just say one of them is God and the other is something like time-space, and they're both self-existent. Um and I would and I would answer, you know, let's say the atheist comes up and says, or 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 the skeptic or or someone who's kind of riding the edge of, of theism, comes up and says, Well, theoretically, there could be theoretically there could be two things that are self-existent. You have God and something like time-space. And I would respond to that, well, they both cannot be self-existent. And the reason they cannot both be self-existent is because either of the two would have to have properties, attributes, factors that distinguish them from the other, if that makes sense. Okay, so let's say you have two circles, right? And they're two different circles, most basically because they are distinguished one from the other uh, by virtue of their placement. You know, they're not they're not overlapping one another. They're they're separate from one another. Um, uh, they they are they they may be different sizes or different colors, and those those factors help to distinguish the two. But let's say they're just two they're just two equally sized black circles drawn on a piece of paper. Well. They're distinguished by several different factors, right? Uh, location being one of them. They're not identical. If they were identical, there wouldn't be two circles. Uh, there would be one circle if they were truly and formally identified with one another. But as it is, there are factors that separate them, that, that distinguish them. And so if we if we translate that kind of simple word picture to, to something like, like God, if God, if something that was claiming to be self-existent, existed or coexisted with God, uh, but they weren't the same thing, right? They were different. You've God and space-time, for example. Then there are factors, properties, parts, attributes that distinguish one from the other. Space-time, for example, is distinguished from God by virtue of what it is not. It's not an intellect, all right? It, It consists of time. It consists of space. And both of those things, while inseparable, are distinguishable one from the other. Time is not space, and space is not time. All right. Yet they are they are they are obviously coessential to one another. Um uh, now th- those things distinguish time space from God. So they can't so time space cannot be self-existent, namely because these factors that distinguish it from God are also factors that constitute it as what it is, all right? So they're factors or attributes or properties that time-space depends on to be what it is. Most basically, I mean, just think of the name time-space. Time and space are parts, all right? are could we say they're inseparable parts, coessential parts, etc.? Absolutely. Are they distinguishable? Absolutely, All right. And because of that, because there are factors that uh, that uh, compose time space, as it were, and 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 also happen to distinguish it from the one true God, there cannot be multiple self-existent things. And and to to Carrier's point, you know, his point, he's trying to say, well, you know, time space is self-existent, or time space is is self-actual, or something like that. Well, it, it's not. It's it's simply not. Uh, just take the name itself. Uh, the name itself is analytically com- it's analytically contingent. Uh, there are factors that go into time space that make time space what it is. In God, there's nothing like this. We can't enumerate. We can't enumerate. Sorry, uh, a series of factors or properties or attributes, and then say those factors, properties, or attributes. Go into making God who He is, all right? Uh, and, and the reason we can't say that is because of the doctrine of divine simplicity. God is not composed, all right. So when we're talking about self-existence, uh, another way to say self-existence is necessary existence. Something exists, uh, something exists necessarily when it it doesn't depend on anything for its existence. If it's uncaused, for example, Uh, if it was caused, it wouldn't exist necessarily because it would be contingent, not necessary. It would be contingent being dependent on whatever caused it, not necessary being, uh, which is independent of any causal factors. All right. And so uh, when we're talking about when we're talking about necessary being and, and let's say let's frame this in terms of a theistic proof let's say you come to the conclusion in in the Aristotelian proof or or you know to, to say it a different way a, an argument from from motion or change um, you come to the conclusion of something that is unchangeable right unalterable immovable but it's something that had to have been the the baseline cause for everything else that moves right so uh, the conclusion is uh, that there's basically a, a an Unactualized actualizer, something that is not itself actualized by anything else, but itself actualizes everything. Okay. Um, and you ask, well, why does that have to be God and why does there only have to be one of them? Well, because something like self existence, uh, which is what the unactualized actualizer is, it's something that exists in and of itself and it does so by virtue of being unactualized, right? uh then uh then it's the only one of its then it's the only one that can be considered the unactualized actualizer if you say well there's another equal unactualized actualizer or there's another equal necessary being along with god well then there are factors that distinguish that being from god there are factors that distinguish that thing from god uh which are Subsequently, factors that that thing would depend on to be what it is. Ergo, it's not self-existent. It's depending on those factors, properties, or attributes that go into making it what it is. Anyway, I, I, hope, I hope this is a helpful little uh, blurb on uh, the doctrine of, of self-existence and kind of pulling that out and all of its apologetic and, 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 and natural theological implications. And I hope you enjoyed it. So if you like this episode, please share it abroad on your social media. Uh, Give it a like, a thumbs up, or whatever. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day.